Hello and welcome to the Game Week 3 Transfer Trends episode on Net That Hall. This is a new weekly uh, video on demand pre-recorded feature. Do let me know what you think in the feedback. We're going to be looking at the top 10 transfers in and out in FPL this week, as well as the popular combinations via Fantasy Football Fix. Um, I'm also going to look at some stats on Fantasy Football Hub just to compare some of the players and see whether these are kind of knee-jerk decisions or whether there is some merit in these transfers. Um, but yeah, if you find today's content helpful, please do hit like afterwards once you've watched the episode. These are going to be short form, about 10 minutes max, I think, each week. And looking forward to bringing more content outside of the live streams for you guys um, throughout this season. So without further ado, let's get started. So I'm just going to zoom in a bit because this does not look like it's uh, very viewable right now. Let me quickly get that in for you guys. Get cool. So at the moment, the top 10 transfers and timestamp this is Wednesday 17th of August at midday UK time is Martinelli with 800,000 transfers in, Rodrigo 600k, Jesus 600k, De Silva 500k, Tony 420k, De Bruyne 300k, Reese James 300k, Zinchenko 260k. On the other side, the top 10 transfers out, these are Darwin at 760k transfers out. Coutinho at nearly 500k out, Cash 340k out, Bailey, Leon Bailey at 300k out, Rashford at 300k out, Bukayo Saka at 250k out, Jaden Sancho at 200k out, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, interestingly, at 200k out as well. Now, this is going to be something that anyone who's watched the live stream before knows is close to my heart. I love looking at what the masses are doing and trying to find opportunities to either go with the wisdom of the crowd or go against them if I think it might be knee-jerk. So I'll be comparing some of these stats. But to start with, I just want to look at the top 10 transfer combinations. Um, and anyone who's listening on podcasts as well, I'll read some of this out for you guys. So the most popular combinations at the moment are people selling Rashford for one of Rodrigo or Martinelli. And then also there is a midfield, another midfield popular combination, which is Leon Bailey to Josh De Silva, who has already had a price rise to 4.6 million and may rise again. So that means the number one most popular move is the Bailey to the Silver move. Rashford to Martinelli is the second most popular. Rashford to Rodrigo, the third most popular. Rashford again um, is the fourth most popular to the Silver. The fifth most popular is actually Bukayo Saka down to Martinelli from the same team. We have Bailey to Rodrigo at sixth. Darwin to Tony at seventh. Neto to the Silver at eighth. Neto to Rodrigo at ninth. And Robertson to James at tenth, which we'll compare that. I've made that move. Um, I know to reap the benefits of Robertson. You do kind of have to own him long-term. It is a long-term own. But I had a bit of um, a moment with the Nunes red card and I decided to move into kind of Diaz and go for the trip, uh, the, the extra attacker from Liverpool. Now, when you're on fix, this is a free tool. You can use it without membership. Um, you can also go from the top 10 popular combos and actually look at the combos per position. So you can see in the forward line, the most popular move is Archer to Tony or Darwin to Tony or Jesus. Um in the midfield bracket, the most popular moves are Bailey to De Silva, as we said, Rashford to Rodrigo and Martinelli. Um, in the defensive side, it's a bit of a clusterfuck, I'm not going to lie. So for anyone who's watching on YouTube and not pod, there's just a lot of money being moved around. But the primary bulk of it comes from Robertson moving to James, Walker, Cucurella. Cash is also being mass sold for Walker, uh, James, and again, Cucurella. There's some sales for Dallo, Trippier, Perisic. And then other purchases include players like Cancelo, Saliba, and Zinchenko. Goalkeepers, I don't pay much attention to, but it's just worth having a little look. Um, there's some people kind of downgrading here, potentially. So you've got the likes of De Gea owners and um, the Ramsdale owners moving to the likes of Raya and Sanchez. 
You have those who probably went double Leicester goalkeeper moving off from Iverson to Sanchez or Raya. And there's some people with Edison kind of downgrading as well to either Ramsdale or Mendy. So that's all the positions. What I want to quickly look at, though, is just some comparisons. So I've found the 11 kind of most popular players who were in the top 10 uh, combinations of moves in all positions. And I've just got their stats up on the Opta tools in Hub. And there's a few things I want to look at. So the first one is we've we've kind of talked about the um, Bailey to the Silver move as being the most popular move this week. So something I want to do is I've brought up here essentially the comparison of the players on Hub. So we can see here there's a, a little diagram. In blue is Leon Bailey and in red is the Silver. So I wouldn't be too alarmed to start with. So I'd say that what Bailey has over the silver is essentially a lot of through balls, um, a lot of crosses, final third passes, and he's making more chances. Um, the silver has been getting more shots in the box. It is obviously only a two-game week sample, so I take that with a pinch of salt. Um, on the heat map perspective as well, we can see Leon Bailey is far further up the pitch on that wing. Um, the silver is kind of playing all over the pitch, um, as we would expect. Um, he doesn't have many uh, movements around the box. Um Interestingly, the kind of XG um, at the moment as well per start, I'm going to change this to per 90 instead, but just to see what that does, that makes things more in favor of Bailey as well here because obviously he didn't start the second game. So the first thing immediately that calls out to me is that um, when we look at kind of the expected points, uh, Leon Bailey over the first two had an expected points of six. And um, on the flip side, De Silva had an expected points of 5.9. Now, that didn't obviously happen. Bailey just got three points and um, the Silver ended up with 14. So part of me kind of wonders, can the Silver keep this up? Um, I'm not convinced he's going to continue scoring at this rate, um, one goal a game. He is bench fodder. Um, if you have no other fires in your team, it, it is viable to kind of move off Leon Bailey to the Silver. But I do think there's surely better use of transfers, um, especially if you were likely to bench Bailey this week for the likes of Andreas or Neko Williams, if you have them available. If you've already missed the price rise of the silver, um, I'm not sure I would be making this move. There's probably higher upside elsewhere because the silver is going to be someone you likely kind of keep on your bench. Now, the one thing I will say is his fixtures are very appealing. So he faces Fulham, Everton, Crystal Palace, Leeds, Southampton, and then Arsenal in the next six. So they are much more appealing than Bailey's fixtures where it's, Crystal Palace, West Ham, Arsenal, Man City, Leicester and Southampton. I can see the desire to move Bailey on, but personally, I don't see many midfielders under 8 million that are kind of worth the money. Um, I think if you've got no other moves to make and you're going to be burning a transfer, th this could be interesting. I don't like the idea that people have been rushed into this decision overnight on the Tuesday before deadline uh, due to price changes of 0.1 potential or 0.2 if you include the drop and the rise. Um, I think the value of having more information come Friday is more important. And unless the moves you're going to make, you're going to be priced out by 0.1. I don't see the need to make this drop imminently. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, Fix and official FPR have been pumping up the silver with tweets. And I'm sure that owners will be rewarded with a few price rises and a profitable sale in the future. But yeah, just from my perspective, not a move I'd be prioritizing as much as I'd like to get Bailey out. So then we have kind of the likes of Rashford. Um, a lot of people went for him at 6.5 million. It seemed incredible value, almost 3 million less than he was last season. Um, we know he has great FPL pedigree, but things at United are looking very grim. Um, there's a protest next Monday when they play Liverpool. We, we don't know if the match will go ahead. It probably will, but depends how violent that protest gets. Um, 
I think if I had Rashford now, it is an easy sell. I think he would be one that I would consider a fire. I would be looking to move him on. If you didn't have Martinelli already, that that's an easy buy against Bournemouth and Fulham, two promoted sides. Um, the only top six team from last season that Arsenal face in the first eight weeks is United in game week six. So I think that's an easy purchase for Martinelli. The silver I've already mentioned. Rodrigo is another interesting one. He's someone who I just want to cover a little bit as well. So I'm speaking to some Leeds fans and he has looked good so far at the start of the season. But there are talks that once Sinistra is back and he'll be on the bench this weekend, Bamford's training already, so should probably start, that perhaps Rodrigo is not in that preferred front four. He's the weakest of the passers, weakest of the presses in that front four. We're likely to see a front four of kind of Bamford, uh, Harrison on his current form, which is equal, if not better, to Rodrigo's form, uh, Sinestra and uh, Aronson, the new signing. So it seems likely that within the next four to five game weeks, Rodrigo could become a problem. You could kind of get him now and benefit, but with Chelsea the next game, it's not a direction I'd be personally looking to go to. Um, and then if you're waiting one more week to buy him in game week four, is that a little bit too late? So I'm going to see if I've got some um, comparisons now quickly of just Rodrigo as well. So I'm sure I pulled one up. So this is for Neto. So let's talk about Neto as well quickly while we're here. So Neto is obviously being sold for De Silva and Rodrigo as the eighth and ninth most popular comparison of moves. So with that in mind, I've had a look. And when you look at this, Neto is in blue, Rodrigo's in red. So for all the goal scoring numbers, Rodrigo smashes Neto out of the door. Um, so th that is definitely the case. Um, the only thing Neto has on him is crosses, basically, and a few more touches in the box. But, you know, as good as Neto has looked, um, Wolves do not score many goals. Um, they are moving to a back four. Um, Large is supposed to be an attacking manager. So I think the idea is that they're going to be a bit less defensively sound now that they're in a back four, not a back five. And that hopefully this frees up their attack to be more free-flowing. Um, personally, I think this is an easy week to bench Pedro Neto uh, against Tottenham. You can play the likes of Andreas and Neko that I mentioned before, Neko Williams. And I think he's playable up until game week seven when his fixtures turn. So he has kind of Newcastle, Bournemouth and Southampton after this Tottenham game. Then it starts to get pretty bad from game week seven to 11 with the likes of Liverpool and Man City coming in quick succession. On the flip side, Rodrigo has Chelsea now. He has Brighton next, which isn't that easy. Everton, Brentford and Nottingham Forest are pretty good. And then United, which on, on paper is okay these days. But um, for me, I don't think I'd be looking to move up to the Rodrigo price point. If I, if I had Neto, I would keep him until game week seven. Around then, West Ham fixtures turn. Pablo Fornals, if he's still playing every week, could be a really exciting option. Um, I might even prefer Aronson, who's cheaper than Rodrigo, if he's the one who's going to be nailed and Rodrigo gets dropped. I'm not convinced the next two fixtures for Leeds are worthy of moving Neto on when we have such great bench options in Andreas and Neko. Um, his numbers do look great, but as I say, it's a small sample size and I'm not convinced that these numbers will be maintained going forwards from Rodrigo. Um, another kind of popular move I'd like to look at is Saka and Martinelli. So these are the fifth most popular combinations. So Saka is in blue, Martinelli is in red. Um, at the moment, Saka has actually been taking more shots, has more touches in the box and more shots in the box. But Martinelli is blowing him out of the water. Um, so... From a kind of XG perspective, um, we've got per start here as a stat, by the way. So it's 0.9 XG per start for Martinelli so far versus 0.2 for Saka. Um, there's two big chances for Martinelli versus zero for Saka. Saka has taken more shots in the box. I'm actually taking four compared to two from Martinelli. Um, on the flip side, the touches in the box, it's still in Saka's favor with 12 to six for Martinelli. The expected assist is pretty similar with 0.7 for Martinelli and 0.6 for Saka. Um, on the heat maps, you can see Saka 
um, has been having to defend a bit more as well. So in the kind of his own half of the pitch, there's a lot of hot parts on the heat map. Whereas Martinelli, he's absolutely dominating that left wing. A lot of Arsenal's attacks are going through that left wing. Now, with Bournemouth and Fulham up next, Villa at home, United away, and then Everton and Brentford in the next six. These are great fixtures. I think if I had Saka and I didn't own Martinelli, that's the only player I'd be looking to downgrade to. Um, I could see an argument for now that teams will focus more on defending Arsenal's left wing that's become a bit more prominent in attack compared to last season. Perhaps that will mean Saka will be more open to get opportunities going forwards. Um, Saka, at the moment, he's been kind of receiving the ball very wide on the touchline. He's got two free defenders to deal with. Um, he's not been in the game as much. He has Odegaard to link up, play with, but with Ben White playing right back, he's not kind of got the opportunity to have an overlapping runner. So I think everyone's been going through the left with Zinchenko, Xhaka, Martinelli, Jesus as well, moving to the left and letting Martinelli go central. Personally, I see a benefit in a triple Arsenal attack over the next two fixtures at least. So I think if you already have Martinelli and Saka with Jesus, I wouldn't be looking to move off Saka before these games. I'd give him at least one more. Very quickly, just going on to a couple other positions. So we talked about midfielders and um, I want to just quickly talk about Robertson and James in the defensive category and then also look at the strikers a little bit. So on the defender side, as I mentioned, um, so we have Robertson and James. Um, at the moment, we can see Robertson is in blue. James is in red. Um, James is absolutely blowing him out of the water. Um, the heat maps are pretty similar. A bit more attacking for James, despite the, the, the kind of stint at right centre-back to nullify Sun. Um, however, their expected points, even over the next six weeks, they're pretty similar. I don't think there's much in it. But for the one million saving, if you don't have Chelsea defensive assets like I didn't, I started the season without one. It just feels like this is a great time to go down that route. Um, Liverpool have lost Thiago. They're looking less defensively sound with the midfield lacking in control. Um, I think um, Gomez was a little bit unfit. He came off the bench last game. He, he should probably start over Phillips this week. However, you know, we've got Matip is still out. Um, it's not looking ideal for them. I think they, they look very shaky. In fact, I saw a stat which said that in the last six Premier League games Liverpool have played, they've conceded first. So as much as Robertson is there for attacking returns, I'm not sure I can justify seven mil, you know, when he's not necessarily looking like he's playing in a team that can keep clean sheets. Now, the fixtures are great. United, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Everton, Wolves, Chelsea. But James's are just as good. Leeds, Leicester, Southampton, West Ham, Fulham. So for me personally, I've made this move. I think if you're a more patient manager, you'd probably hold on. But I saw an opportunity to go into the Liverpool attack. Um, I started the season with both Robertson and Mount, having changed last minute after the Community Shield from James and Diaz. Um, I didn't expect it to be such a brutal 18-point swing. Maybe it's a bit of a reactionary two-transfer move to make. But over the expected points I've looked at, Diaz is expected to get more points than Mount over the next six by at least kind of five, six points, I think. And on the defensive side, James and Robertson are pretty similar. I obviously still have Trent, so I'm just not willing to invest in double Liverpool attack for now. And maybe when I wildcard around game week nine, I'll come back around to this way of thinking. Um, final point on Diaz, with kind of Nunes banned for the next three, with Firmino lacking match fitness last game, and with Jota still not back yet, I do think that we're going to see him even more nailed on. I think we'll see him play more centrally, as will Salah without Nunes there, the recognised striker. Firmino will drop deep more. So I just really want to get in on the Liverpool attack. And I know Diaz won't score a worldie every week. So like that's just something to bear in mind. Like His underlying numbers have not been great, Diaz's, but neither have Mounts. Now, I know I'm playing with fire because Mount's about to play Leeds, Southampton and Leicester, but 
I, I expect that the two moves I've made and the one million in the bank to make an upgrade from Neto down the line could be very valuable. So I've gone down that route. So that's Robertson and James. Quick mention of Cucurella as well. So interestingly, when you look here, like Cucurella is also looking better on the underlyings compared to uh, Robertson. He is just 5 million. So there is a 2 million saving there. Now, I mentioned I wouldn't be selling Bailey this week for fodder. If you can get from Robertson to Cucurella and then you've got some money in the bank and you can get from like a, you know, Neto or Bailey all the way up to like a Diaz, that's pretty exciting. I think that that's a worthwhile move because you're going from like Robertson and Neto or Robertson and Bailey to Cucurella and uh, Diaz. I think that that's an upgrade overall. The one thing I will say about Cucurella is he looks great, but there will be some rotation with Chilwell. He will be subbed off a bit earlier, potentially. That might be a good thing because he might get subbed before the clean sheet gets wiped. Now, I, I think for me personally, I see Cucurella as a double up. So if you have James, you could get Cucurella. That's quite fun. I'm not convinced Cucurella alone can cover James's points. And so I've gone for James over Cucurella, despite my thinking there. Quick one on the final piece of the defense before we wrap up this episode is, so a lot of people are selling cash, Matty Cash. Um, he, he looked like he picked up a little bit of a knock. Uh, he should be fine, I think. But overall, his numbers look horrendous compared to Walker, who's been playing as an inverted fullback. Um, he's not really been attacking. And yet Cash, the attacking fullback, hasn't really done much of note from an attacking perspective. So, you know, his expected attacking points are 0.1 compared to zero, or sorry, 0.05 Walker. So it's pretty similar. You know, they're both 5 million. The reality is, even if Cash was to get, let's say, five goals, five assists this season, how many clean sheets are Villa really going to get under Gerard, who abandoned his system after game week one? You know, I feel like Gerard could be sacked imminently if he doesn't pick things up. Um, the shocking result against Bournemouth. Walker plays for one of the best defences in the league. You know, they can get anywhere from 15 to 20 clean sheets. We go wild over strikers like Ivan Tony and Callum Wilson because we think they might get a goal and that's worth four points. But I don't see people going wild for five million Walker or Aki or, you know, uh, Cucurella and these guys who are from top six defences and a clean sheet is basically a goal for them is four points as well, similar to players like Tony who cost two million more. So I really like the idea of doubling up the City defence if you already have Cancelo and you want to bring in Walker. If I had a Villa defender now, I think that is a priority sell. So I would be getting rid. Walker and Cucurella are both great options. Um, Trippier, I've compared this as well. Now, his numbers are much better than Walker's. He does have Man City next. I think he's benchable in that game. And you can kind of uh, play one of Neko Andres, as I'd said. And then you could play him against Wolves in game week four, bench him again against Liverpool, and then play him against Crystal Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth. Um, I think he offers enough and Newcastle looks sound enough that I'd be willing to keep Trippier. He does have a lot more attacking uh, potential as well, I think, than some of the other 5 million defenders. It, it, it's, a, it's a tough one because I think if you started the season with Trippier, you don't want to be looking to sell him so quickly. However, you know, if you want to suddenly like come back to him on a wild card in game with nine when the fixtures improve, there is some merit in moving to a Cucurella or Walker, I think. So it's not the end of the world, that one. Uh, Bailey, as we talked about before, just I thought I'd put Pascal Gross on here. So he's a great exit option from Neto and Bailey. Um, he's played 90 in both games. He's looking great. He's, you know, a couple of seasons back, he, he was great when he came. And I think with Morpai potentially leaving to Forest, he may also be on penalties. So I think Gross is an interesting option for the next few. Brighton's fixtures are great with West Ham, Leeds, Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace. Let's look at strikers and we'll wrap this up here. I've gone double the time I said I would, but 
I'm sure um, the feedback will let me know what you want to hear more of and what you want to hear less of. This is obviously only the first time, so please do let me know what you think. Um, so Mitrovic, um, obviously he got the minus one with the missed penalty after hauling in the first game. Um, Tony has got points in both games, two assists and a goal. At the moment, Brentford's fixtures look incredible. They have Fulham, Everton, Palace, Leeds, Southampton and then Arsenal. Mitrovic has, you know, not great. He's got Brentford, which is okay. Um, but you would say that perhaps they can keep him out. But then he has Arsenal, Brighton, Tottenham, Chelsea, Nottingham Forest. So it's a difficult one because I feel like people who bought Mitrovic probably didn't start the season with him when he was facing Liverpool, many of them. And they bought him in in game week two and I wouldn't be selling him just off the back of that penalty. I would be benching him in the tougher fixtures. We've seen there's great bench options in Andreas, the Silva, uh, Neko, if you have any of those three. I think at this point, if you already went to Mitrovic last week, you know, he's the main man. He's on penalties. He plays 90 minutes. He's going to bully some centre-back pairings in the league, as he did to Van Dijk. I, I would be looking to keep personally. I could see the appeal in Tony. I think he's a great option, a great player to have. But I, I'm not convinced that I want to go Tony as my third striker just yet. I think there's enough value, as I was saying, in the like 5 million defenders, 5.5 million defenders that can keep pace with Tony, if not outscore him in the coming games. So that's those guys' comparison. Um Goalkeepers I had here, but essentially Sanchez and Raya, they're battling out for the 4.5 million goalkeeper. I know some people have Meslier, but I'm not going to go there. There's really nothing in it. So I, I just feel like for me, Raya is a better set and forget. And those who start with Sanchez and Ward at the start of the season, this is perhaps the week where Sanchez plays West Ham away. You bench him, you play Ward against uh, Leicester at home, and you kind of take it from there and you then play Sanchez the rest of the time until you're wildcard. But yeah, I wouldn't be in the market for a new goalkeeper. If you're on a wildcard, I would probably go with Raya personally over Sanchez. I'm stuck with Sanchez, so there's not much choice there. And I don't see a world in which you would be downgrading Ramsdale or Mendy or someone to get to like Sanchez or Raya, unless that 0.5 gets you from like Bailey to Martinelli or something, or from Neto to Martinelli, you don't already have him. So yeah, that, that's kind of everything I wanted to cover today. I hope you guys found that useful and interesting. Um, this is obviously the first time I've done this one. Um, let me know what your thoughts are. And um, if you enjoyed the episode, if you found it helpful, as I said, please do hit that like button and subscribe if you're new to the channel and let me know what you think of Transfer Trends as a segment going forwards. And hopefully um, we can make this a regular thing and I'll try to keep them to under 15 minutes going forwards. But appreciate everyone tuning in and we will see you later tonight for the uh, Game Week 3 live stream where Mariner will go through the captaincy metric and Gabe will go through the matchups as well as a lot of the FDRs and zonal matchups and their net XG data that we have on net that all. Peace out, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Uh-huh.